Welcome to the Metal Hammer Podcast, episode 12. I'm Mo, I'm here with Luke and Jonathan. How are you doing, guys? Pretty good, all considered, I think. Yeah, quite good. good. We'll get to that in a bit, I think. Uh, If we sound a little bit echoing, a little bit different today, we're in a slightly different room. We've kind of ended up in a basement somewhere in the dark depths of future. Uh, So apologies if it's a little bit echoey, should be fine. Um, First and foremost, just really want to take a bit of time to really thank everybody that came out and supported um, the Metal Hammer Tour last week. It rolled right through the UK. Um, uh, myself and Elle and Lewis and some of the other Hammer team were, were representing at, um, at Brixton Academy at the big climax. And uh, it, it was, I mean, I still can't quite find the words for it all, to be honest. Um, I know it's our tour and... People might think it's our job to say it was amazing, but that's honestly not the case. You know, we've done a lot of lot of sponsored shows and a lot of tours over the years. Some have been brilliant, some have been decent, um, and I've been to a hell of a lot of them as well. And I can honestly say that wasn't just one of the best shows I think Hammer's ever had its name on. I think it was one of the best metal shows I've ever been to, full stop. And it felt like a lot of people that were there would um, would back us up um, from Venom Prison, uh, a, a death metal band from Wales opening up a four-band bill at Brixton Academy, being on stage at 6.30 and and starting a circle pit, sounding great, looking great. They've always been a good live band, but you never quite know how that's going to translate onto a bigger stage. Um, they absolutely obliterated it. Larissa was great. The band were tight. Um, that was that was a, an amazing start. And then it was on to Power Trip. Uh, now, I'm not, I am not glorifying violence here, guys. I'm not. <laughs> I'm genuinely not. But the fact, these are the facts. Um, Power Trip went so hard that two people, the crowd, had, the gig, sorry, had to be stopped twice for people to be carried out of the venue. Uh, one of which was a fairly legitimate injury because the pit was going so mental. And again, this isn't like, I don't think it was even half seven in the, in the evening and people were already going that hard. Um, they sounded great, obviously, one of the best tones in metal. Um, Definitely won over a few new fans. So that was absolutely wild. And then there was Code Orange, who just don't come to play ever. Uh, They fit a 5,000 capacity venue like a glove. People went crazy for them. There was another another gig stoppage because the crowd was going so wild again. People were having to get um, taken out because they got fell over or hurt in the pit. People were getting escorted out because they were going too crazy in the pit. It It was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. And so even just the supports alone, you've already got one of the best gigs going, really. Certainly one of the best three support band slots I've ever seen. And so Trivium had a lot to live up to, which I think we all kind of knew that when we kind of talked about the tour off air and stuff. Mm. You know, an unquestionably great band, a very important band for metal, but a band who, when you look at them taking arguably three of the best, not just best young bands, but best live bands in metal at the moment on tour, it's a big ask for them to step up. It is. Um, and they stepped up like I have never seen Trivium step up before. It, watching Trivium at Brixton felt like watching Machine Head on the Blackening when you have a band that have been supported and loved by the metal community for years and years that have had ups and downs, felt like they were going to be the next big thing. They didn't quite um, uh, meet their potential overall. Then had some comebacks and then had some fullbacks again and up and down and round them out or whatever. Like... It felt like if there's ever going to be another crowning achievement for Trivium since that famous download set in 2005, this was it. It was one of the best metal sets I've seen in years. 
the new stuff sounded absolutely savage live. I didn't, I didn't really realise just how heavy some of those riffs are um, until they until they were playing them. Uh, yeah, the, the vibe in the room was amazing. People were emotional. People were crowd surfing, singing along to every song, and it was just it was just real testament to to where metal is at at the moment. And I don't think it will be the last time we see all those bands on a bill that big. Certainly not in venues that big. And yeah, just again to say. Thanks to everyone that came out. We had very similar reports from from Bristol to Manchester, everywhere in between, up in Scotland and all across the UK. Um, it just sounded like uh, every show was an absolute knockout. So thanks very much for coming out and supporting. It was it was awesome. Um, yeah, what are you guys been up to? <laughs> you guys have been, have well, been uh, uh, you know talking about the the health of metal today. Yeah, and our general personal health as well, after like four days at Roadburn Festival. Yeah, Roadburn, so arguably the definitive kind of uh, European underground festival. Yeah, well it's certainly the most unique, um, in the sense that um, it's one of those festivals, like people buy tickets, no matter who's on the bill, Um, it's got such its own spirit now, um, that um, people start buying tickets and start buying hotel rooms, like one year in advance before they've announced yeah. like hardly any bands whatsoever yeah um, and it's because the minute you walk you, you kind of cross the threshold of the area in which the festival takes place you're in a whole other world and it's a world that's kind of created by the spirit of the people who put it together and that also kind of mixes in with the spirit of the people who go there but it's a real kind of music lovers festival mm. and um, and there's a sense of like kind of discovery when you go there when you don't go just to just to see um, bands you like, you go there to discover bands. But because uh, the festival, it's almost like a you know, it's kind of this holistic vision. So you you kind of trust anything they put on that you might not have heard of. Especially this year when they kind of put on, they kind of shifted the actors a little bit. It was a lot less based in kind of doom and psych and stoner rock, and there was a lot more slightly avant-garde things or things mm-hmm. that were um, that were you wouldn't normally consider a road band band. But they've done that in the past with bands like Magma, like it was a crazy prog band from France. And the minute they play in at Roadburn, they it get, kind of ingest, gets ingested into the whole kind of Roadburn worldview, and um, it just feels like a Roadburn band. And um, so yeah, there was a lot of kind of new discoveries this year. And, um, I was going to say, they're always seem, I mean, you've both, sorry, you've been a lot of times. Luke, you've been at least twice now. Yes, yeah, my second one. Yeah. I think I've been yeah. like 10, 11 years now. Yeah. Oh wow! I mean, I've never been myself, but it feels like almost every single year you guys come back and it's almost like a tester for what the metal scene's going to be talking about over the following 12 months you know what I mean it is I mean it, it is it's slightly kind of like a parallel universe um, in the sense that like bands that will probably play um, the Black Heart to 150 people can play a room to two and a half thousand people yeah, yeah. and so it, you, you kind of going through the looking glass a little bit having said that uh, the band everyone was talking about this year, who um, they're, they're already announced for next year, was Pylon. Right. So they're yeah. doing a big. So they didn't play this year. No, but no, year, no right. but it was important that they that the guy that the main three guys uh, from Highland, Maria, Christopher, and Kai, they actually went to the festival uh, to kind of get a sense of the, the experience of it because mm. uh, they never been they never even heard of it before. So they took time off their holidays actually to come to the festival and get a sense of what it's about. And that's really important for a band like Highland to understand almost like the kind of the space you're playing in and the kind of yeah the worldview of the place you're playing because I think it's very important for them because they play very site specific shows and you know they don't normally they wouldn't normally play an indoor show so what was the best thing you saw this year 
Well, it depends on what level, really. Um, I mean, well, whatever level you like. I, th- yeah. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, well, I think we had very, not very different experiences at Roburn, but I very much went to, for, not for Converge, but as soon as I saw Jake Bannon was curating it, it was like, yes, I'm going to Roadburn this year. And I went, yeah, I spent a lot of time watching really, really angry, horrible, nasty music. Like, one of the best things I saw was Thou and The Body Mm. Um, playing together for like the first time in what like three years or something and it was just horrible like genuinely horrible watching it like, it ended with five minutes of white noise and just a man screaming sat on the floor but they did a cover the Nine Nails cover they did a, a shellac cover and it was fucking nasty but Converge doing You Fail Me in full followed by the Entombed cover with um, members of At uh, The Gates and All Pigs Must Die uh, joining on, but, uh, <laughs> joining in, and at the end, it was just like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard to knock this as a as, yeah, an, as, yeah, as yeah, a musical it experience. with Thomas Lindberg. He yeah. came on for one song beforehand. Yeah, the mic completely cut out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a shame. What about you, Jonathan? Any, uh, other, any other picks from the festival? Yeah, I mean, I mean, getting there straight away, and then going straight into something called um, was it the Waste of Space, Waste Orchestra, of Space Orchestra, which yeah. was members of um, Aransi Pazuzu and. Dark but arising two bands from Tampere, Finland. Who um, they've got a kind of a they've got a kind of a bit of overlap, with like cosmic but cosmic sort of black metal and doom on really bad drugs. <laughs> um, and it was just the minute you get there and you, and you go in there, and that, that kind of sets a tone for the rest of the rest rest of the weekend. So it just like messes with your brain, but it's such so huge it, sounding. It was a bold start to the festival. That was the first thing on, and it was just what an hour of just being slapped around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like time immemorial, just slapping you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that yeah, so that, that kind of yeah, and that was like one of the one of two or three, I think, specially commissioned works. There was um, members of like various Icelandic bands, like is it Nyeth or um, Svarty Dalvi and Miss Thurming doing another kind of vast sounding kind of ever-building, kind of black metal, big, huge ball of wrongness. Yeah, that was incredible. That was the last thing I saw, because I left earlier than you. Yeah. yeah it was just a, yeah. It was a, it's playing in pretty much in darkness, but like eight black metalers on stage making really? a, a horrific noise, but flanked by its images of like the sun burning for yeah. like an hour. It was really, really like a striking image. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I had, I think one of the most emotional experiences I had was going to see... Uh, Caven or Steve Brodsky and a couple, sure. um, doing like acoustic tribute to Caleb Schofield. Right. Yeah. So they played, you know, some of his favourite songs. Like they played um, uh, Town Van Sant song. Was it? Uh, I forget the name of it now. Now was it Nothing or? Yeah, yeah. I think and so. they played. Um, they played Harvest Moon. Harvest well. Moon by Neil Young and a few of the um, a few sort of Caven songs from like Jupiter and other EPs. And yeah, you just I mean, apart from just you know the emotional weight of the experience. Um, and the genuine like heartfelt way in which which it was done, and you know the way it was kind of like really sort of he- heavy but liberate at the same time. Uh, on another level, also, just you kind of forget actually what and how an, one overrated vocalist Stephen Brocky is. He's literally he I think he's one of the great American vocalists, mm. and he doesn't over emote, but it's really emotional. Mm. And and also everyone used to talk about Jupiter's like being really proggy. But um, um, but you listen to them played acoustically, especially a song like Big Riff, which is you said you know 
I mean, he said, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And he said, but you know, he was never sure how a big riff was going to translate to acoustically. But you, got, you realise actually the emotional heart of the songs anyway. And so that was just like, you came out just like, just, man, just really almost on the verge, of, well, pretty much on the verge of tears. Yeah, 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 you know, I'd been there for the tribute to uh, Slim Namushi a few years back, and that was just like, you just come out and just like floods of tears at the end of it. And, and yeah. where, is there, uh, do you know when tickets are announced for next year? Or? Uh, uh, the dates well, have been announced. The dates have been announced. They they usually start sending tickets in. Is it, is it February or something? I can't remember. If not, if not earlier than that. I know yeah. hotels are already selling. Yeah, so I was say, hotels yeah. basically, if you're thinking of going to Roadburn, and it is always a very unique experience. Um, pay attention to when tickets are going on sale because they will go because yeah. they always but, go. Seeing Hookshaw played live in full and um, oh, on the same day, and also two songs about death at the end, which was like really beautiful, and Godspeed You Black Emperor. One of those things where the minute you walk into the room, you're in this world, and it's just su- such an incredibly beautiful journey that they go on. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so uh, lots of incredible stuff. I expect to read a, uh, a full-bodied review of that in Metal Hammer very, very soon. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, we have a brand new issue out on the shelves, ladies and gentlemen, and Woo! it is an absolute humdinger of a world exclusive. <laughs> we, go, uh, we go behind the scenes with Ghost. Uh, we talk to Tobias Forge, the man that makes it all happen, the man behind all the crazy-ass characters uh, that have become part of the Ghost canon over years, the guy that writes the music, the guy, the man that is Ghost. Tobias Forge is Ghost. Um, he's, he kind of amassed himself uh, last year officially, and we talk to the man himself about all things going on in Ghost World right now. From new album prequel, um, we can all now officially say that we have indeed heard it. And my God in heaven, you are not ready for what's coming. It's so, good. <laughs> it's so damn good. You just wait. You thought Rats was good. Oh my word. <laughs> um, we get the full story behind Cardinal Capia and the, the, the story and the narrative involving him and who he is and why he has seemingly replaced the kind of Papa Emeritus narrative. Uh, we also get the story behind Papa Neil and what he represents, uh, the new show, new songs, everything you need to know about all things Ghost. You will only get it in the new issue of Metal Hammer that's out right now. Um, we also have some very uh, special Ghost collaboration bundles that we're doing with the band. Three different bundles, uh, limited to 333 copies each worldwide. Once they're gone, they're gone. We've got things like patches in there, posters, special stickers, three unique covers you can only get online. Head over to metalhammer.com right now to find out where you can get your hands on those because I promise you they'll go very, very quickly. Um, and yeah, tons of other stuff going on in the new issue as well. We talked to Parkway Drive, a uh, very emotional interview actually with Winston. Um, they've been through the absolute shit and then some. Uh, uh, and even though they're kind of, as, as far as their career trajectory goes, they're obviously doing amazing things, playing bigger and bigger stages, great album after great album there's been a lot of bad stuff happening behind the scenes at um, Parkway Drive and Winston was very kind enough to open up to us about that um, very emotional interview that uh, you can pick up in the new issue we also uh, go to Jonathan Davis's home studio in Bakersfield why not hang out with a corn legend uh, to talk about his solo album I'm, I'm actually quite amazed it's taken Jonathan Davis this long to do a solo <laughs> album when you look at how much fucking stuff outside of corn he loves to do yeah, yeah dubstep yeah. stuff film soundtracking guest appearances a lot so uh, he's finally got it out there we go from love of it. 80s music absolutely yeah interesting stuff going on on that album as well so it's definitely one you want to read because it is not what you would be expecting of him 
Uh, we also talked to a perfect circle, namely Maynard James Keenan. You won't be surprised to find it was one of the most eye-opening and strange interviews we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. um, Eleanor did that one, and yeah, it's just fascinating. We talked guns, sex, politics, music, everything in between. Uh, a truly enigmatic force in the metal scene, Maynard James Keenan. We talked to him. Uh, we also go inside the studio with Barry Tomorrow to get an update on the Black Flame new album, Imminent. We talk about uh, the crisis facing metal venues across the UK and what you can do to stop them, a special investigative piece that we've done trying to work out what the hell's going on with our venues across the UK. We talk to Shields, we talk to The Body, we talk to At The Gates, Primal Rights, Wicked Young Metallic Hardcore Band coming up. Um, Howard Jones, former Killswitch Engage man, now front man with uh, Light The Torch, as Devil You Know has been rebranded. Yeah, hasn't it? We find out the whole story behind that. Uh, there's a free CD on there. We've got the story of Thrash Part 1 where we go into the roots of the thrash movement in the 80s. It's absolutely stacked uh, and it's out right now. And don't forget about those bundles as well, but they will go very quickly. So what's been going on in the world of metal then, chaps? Ah, this is interesting, going on what we were talking about a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, considering you were uh, banging on about how I don't want new system of a down, blah, blah, blah. Well, well, it wasn't that I don't want one. It was, it was a bit of that, but more so that I don't think system want one. And I think no, this proves no, it. No, I, th- I think you were right. There's a new Scars on Broadway track. Wow. And, and announced there's going to be a new album and everything else. I Did think. you like the Scars on Broadway album? I mean, that was like 10 years ago, wasn't it? To be it? honest, I didn't really give them much time of day at the time. I thought mm. it was just like, oh, it's not system, I don't care. But I really like this new song. Yeah, it's decent, isn't it? It's, it's quite a fun, jaunty song. <laughs> and I sort of forgot how much I, li- I really like Darren's voice. There's, yes. there's, there's something about it where like you can't help but enjoy his singing. It, it's, really, it's like, yeah, it's genuinely fun. Yeah, I, 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 it's obviously it sounds a lot like if someone played it to me and said this is a new System of a Down song, I'd probably agree that it was. Yeah, fair. Like it's not it's not as mental or as heavy, but you go okay, it could be something I've hypnotised. Yeah, but it, but yeah, I mean I, he's I like got his it. style, hasn't he? Like you know he did the track with Linkin Park as well. Um, yeah, yeah, and that that again that sounded like a System of a Down song, song by Chester Bennington. Like you know what you're getting with Darren, and uh, you know if you are desperate for a System of a Down album, tough tits. This is the next best thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so enjoy it. This is all you're getting. Yeah, this is all you're getting. Uh, there's a new Def Evan album coming. Yeah! Luke Morton, bit of you that is. It is a bit of me. I'm a big, big Def Heaven fan. Uh, and and judged by the new song, um, I'm probably, uh, well, I've heard the new album, um, I can probably say that, I think. Um, and the new song fits better in the context of the album. Uh, interesting. I've, I've heard the album, I mean, I've heard that song, not the full album yet, and it's kind of weird. It's also very typical... Uh, Death Heaven kind of you know black metalish yeah, yeah. emotional black and then it, and then it just yeah and then it just suddenly goes into like what sounds like late eighties indie kind of riffage yeah and it sounds like something I'm trying to remember what it sounds like it rips off one song in particular I'm trying to think what it was but it just reminds me of the whole kind of late eighties kind of kind of wedding like bands like the Wedding Present or the stuff that John Peel used to play sort of and trying to force into a black metal kind of mode it's kind of really. It's really weird. It is weird that it's basically yeah, like an indie song, for, sort of, but yeah, with like black metal <laughs> vocals in the background. But I, I quite liked it after giving it a few spins. And then, yeah, like I heard the album, and it's not, no surprise that the rest of the album sort of follows suit. It's not like this is an anomaly on the record. Mm. Um, but it all works, and I'm not that surprised that Death Heaven have sort of gone that way. Interesting. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of black metal that mixes in lots of other genres. And, come, and can often come out with something really new, mm. like say Ranzi Bazooza mixing in kind of weird psychedelia. Um, 
I thought uh, there's a band called Fen who had mixed some of the black gay stuff. Oh, yeah, really, really well in a way that no one else was doing. Mm. Um, but have they mixed anything else in with this album? Like, and does it work? Like, have they, they sort of brought any other outside influences into uh, vaguely black metal? Well, I'll be honest. I've only listened to it once, and there's nothing that is instantly coming to mind uh, in terms of like, oh, what else is there going on in there? Um, but yeah, so I think a few more spins. I'll probably end up. I will end up liking this album. I know I will because I like everything they've done. You could read that full review in an upcoming issue of Metal Hammer, of course, which will be along the way. Uh, another new album that's coming. Yeah, well, I, I just literally found out about it really late. Which suddenly dropped out of nowhere. It was a sleep album, right? Um, On uh, four twenty of all yeah, days. Uh, um, I hate when bands do this. Me personally, because <laughs> I'm a reviews editor, so just like ah, it's coming out. Wait, so this is dropped. It's out. Yeah, yeah. dropped. It's out. And oh it was shit! Literally okay. dropped out of nowhere. Dropped um, out of nowhere so much I didn't even know it had dropped. <laughs> no, no, not their press officer didn't even know it was coming out. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's like, oh great. Bands, um, can you start giving us a break on this shit? Because you're yeah. causing absolute havoc for music yeah. journalists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please. By all the surprise albums. Yeah. By all accounts. Think of the journalists. By all accounts, <laughs> it's classic sleep. But um, wow. if it, but the thing is, like, if there's any band that you're not worried about what it's going to sound like, it's sleep. Because they're just... It's not that they're, they're like the ACDC of stoner rock. <laughs> that is a comparison I never thought I'd yeah. Where, Whereas, you know, they, they just do the same thing over yeah, and over again. Yeah, yeah, reliable. But there's something about their riffs above all other bands that are just like, it just feels like it's amplifying your DNA. It's just, you, when you hear like Dragonaut, for instance, it's just like you've heard it like all your life. And they seem to have this knack of writing like, like these kind of most fundamental doom riffs that's so catchy and so just... You just your body reacts them so physically. Mm. So um, I'm not imagining it's any great leap on from um, Hurley Mountain, but I don't want it to be. It's just it's just odd. they just hit that continuum. Yeah, they can do anything they like as long as they're zeroed in on what it is that sleeper about. And I know it's going to sound absolutely amazing, and I can't wait. Yeah, I'll go watch them live, and I don't care what they play. Yeah, yeah, just they're, shred my face. Yeah, one, they're literally one, they're literally one of the shred um, my face. Yeah, I literally they're literally one of, the, one of those ten out of ten live bands. And when you hear that, when you hear that first riff from, from, from like Dragonaut, it's just, it's just the whole room. There's an intake of breath, mm. and they only get with something that's so familiar. Yeah, of course. Some yeah. bands you just need to tick a box and sleep ticket with big fat riffs, which is what we want. <laughs> yeah. Um, we will take some reader questions. Uh, don't forget www.facebook.com forward slash Metal Hammer Readers if you want to come ask us questions, uh, talk to us about the magazine, the brand in general. Um, the brand how corporate the, brand. the Metal Hammer family in general I apologise uh, yeah get on there and, uh, and, and get involved with us um, Dave Fonzie Jones asks Dave Fonzie Jones so <laughs> he's called him that <laughs> yeah. Dave quote unquote Fonzie Jones asks should the UK start embracing touring festivals um, well I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't. I think the touring festival template is a little bit out of date now, really, because most US ones haven't made that work anymore. Yeah, I don't. I to be fair, I don't think the UK is big enough for touring festivals to work. I think the idea and like you say, most American festivals now seem to be adopting the European model, where you just, everyone goes and camps in a field for a few days and has a lovely time, mm. um, which I, I think I prefer. Like, like, but yeah, I think the UK just doesn't. Work. Like where would you tour places that's big enough to warrant having? Yeah, and how, yeah, how big are you? You know, what counts as a festival? Because 
you could do something like the Never Say Die tour. Yeah. Um, you know, the Empiricon tour, which is, you know, like a mini festival that tends to have like six, seven, eight bands on it. Yeah, it's not a day event in a decent-ish size. If you're venue. talking about... I mean, I guess you could also count Slam Dunk as one. If you count three dates as a tour. Yeah. yeah. But again, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, the UK, you know, where you're at at the moment, if you want to go to Bloodstock, if you're a heavy metal fan and you've got one festival to go to and you're up in Scotland, you might go to... You, you might consider making the trip down to Bloodstock, for instance. But if you start doing a festival that size... At six or seven different locations across the UK you're just diluting it and I don't think you'd get very many people at any of them no. because every other thing will be split so I don't know if that would work yeah there's I mean there's a Leeds Reading model yeah exactly um, yeah it's like Slam Dunk Leeds yeah. and Reading yeah um, but um, I mean this weekend there's North of the Wall which is an extreme metal festival I think it's in Glasgow mm. it's in Scotland and um, I'd love to go but I just, I just can't make it out up there in time uh, and this time uh, of year it's I mean there's kind of you've got the spring pocket and the summer pocket where mm. there's so many festivals going on as it is anyway let alone yeah. the touring one yeah I mean I wish there was, a, there was a south version of it but I think as well like, especially for an extreme festival like making the pilgrimage is part of the it's part of the experience mm. it's part of the dedication yeah, to it definitely I don't think you'd have enough people to um, you know to justify you know, you know to, to cover two festivals yeah of, this, of the same thing and like I said if you actually look at where the touring market, the touring festival market has been biggest. This is America. It, it's not doesn't really exist there anymore. Warped is on its last yes, the tour now, year, yeah. um, and things like um, uh, oh god, what was it called? The Monster Energy one. Mayhem. Mayhem, yeah, Mayhem uh, doesn't happen anymore. Um, and if you actually look at what the festival market is in the US now, each state nearly has its own big festival. So I, I, I kind of think the touring festival thing is a bit. But, but I, lo- I love the idea of like package tours, like obviously like the oh, yeah, thing, absolutely, yeah. when you have like four big bands and it's. But you've actually thought really hard about the bill, mm. and you used to get a lot of yeah, that in America. Yeah, you used to get a lot of that in the US, and um, I was like super jealous of like certain tours where you'd have like Neurosis and Converge playing together. Yeah, and yeah. you know that, that's my kind of thing. I mean, they still get stuff like that. You look at the Slayer tour that's mm. just about to kick off. Uh, they got Slayer, Lamb of God, Behemoth. I think there's a, at least one other wicked band on that as well. Yeah, but I love that idea of like you know, say a curated four band bill where like yeah, they're definitely. all above a certain definitely. level. And I wish there, I wish there were more of those, especially because you know, not bands don't always come over to the UK um, when they're on tour. They tour the mainland of Europe, and, and then um, do London. Yeah, is, yeah, know, which isn't fair. Yeah, but but the idea of like you know a four band bill where the, there's a lot of connection between the bands that kind of amplifies something that metal's about too, and um, you know, like a culture in a way. And you know you you go for the culture of gigs in the way that you go for the culture of um, road band, and I mm-hmm. think you know, I, I would love to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, we'll we'll be interested to see if we get more of that. And if anyone's wondering, yes, we are absolutely uh, thinking about more hammer tours and more curated stuff, kind of big ones like we just had, smaller ones as well. Um, you know, the success of the Trivium one means we will absolutely be all over that kind of stuff. So definitely. keep an eye and an ear out for that. Uh, this is quite a long one. Uh, Lauren McGowan asks how important is it to support local bands following up to that is it possible for local bands from the likes of the UK Northern Ireland Wales etc to make it in the same way as bands from the US given it's harder for them to land quote bigger shows as they mostly happen in mainland Europe and the US 
Uh, well, firstly, it's incredibly important to support local bands, always. Always, good. Um, support your local scene. We're spoiled here in London, um, and I'll be first to admit that, but, uh, you know, uh, the first step to getting bands any level of coverage is going out and seeing them. So, support your local scene, get down to your local rock clubs. Uh, as I mentioned in the current issue of Metal Hammer, we've got an investigative feature looking at um, the problems that a lot of rock clubs across the UK have got at the moment, and it's very important that people get out to those and and go and see local bands yeah. um, every band was a local band once exactly yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you don't start in arenas no um, but as, yeah as far as bands from the UK making it I mean yeah yeah of course you know we, I mean we've seen you know Bullet Fire Valentine have just announced that they're playing Alexandra Palace yeah yeah true you know, and that's a band that have been at kind of pretty much arena level in the UK for over a decade now and they, they're one of the biggest ever um, metal-less exports in the US as well so I, I think a lot of it comes down to what your level of ambition is yes and I'm sure there's like a lot of bands playing you know there's, there's a, probably a, south, a healthy South Wales scene there's a lot of bands playing you know, they, you know their, their mindset is geared towards playing small gigs mm-hmm. and you know they're not looking to, to headline you know a festival in like you know like Hellfest or, or anything like that mm. on the continent that's not what they're geared up for doing um, you know then you've got to decide what level of ambition you've got. I mean, obviously, if you're ambition, ambitious in the same way that um, Bullet are, you know, you're going to lose. You know, you're going to have a particular set of fans. Um, whether you're ambitious, kind of conceptually, like Highlung or Vardruna, where like you actually spend a lot of time thinking about what it is you're doing in the world you're creating. That's a different kind of level of amb- different kind of ambition. But you know, a lot of it is just that you know. A lot of bands seem to be happy to be playing small clubs, and you get a nice, sometimes nice, guzzy sound that goes along with mm. that. But um, that's not, but that's not the same as like being a kind of band like Sabaton or whatever. And mm. um, does you know does England and does English mentality breed many bands like like that, where they're just like they're big and brash and yeah, yeah, no, not in the same I mean? way. Yeah. yeah, and I think as well the when I say English, know, I meant British mentality. Yeah, of course. Um, when the uh, when you look at kind of the US scene and stuff, I mean, breaking the US is is really hard for any band because you can you can tour Texas for a month, <laughs> and and that's one state, and that just about covers the entirety of the UK. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like you can. Sorry, I kind of said that. What I mean is, you can tour the UK for a month, um, and you that would just about cover touring Texas in the US. Like. Getting from coast to coast and top to bottom and properly getting your music right out there across the United States is a massive undertaking. And yeah, of course, it is going to be a bit harder for UK bands to do that because um, it's not easy for any UK band to get out and spend a month on the road in the US. It's just what you have you have to do, really. You can't just go out there for a week like you can in the UK, hit up a ton of venues and, and hope for the best. Um, but it's, it's interesting, really, because when you look at the two different scenes, on one side, you've got bands like Bullet and Asking Alexandria who have been very successful at breaking the US and yeah. asking actually broke the US before they broke the UK because they went out there and put the mileage in. Meanwhile, you've got bands like Trivium and Machine Head who were really embraced by the UK because they really put in the hours here and they, we kind of adopted them very well. And they both play much bigger venues here than they do in the US. So it's not quite a cut and dry issue, I don't think. Uh, the next question, uh, Ben Gonia asks, um, what is the best festival you've ever been to? Ooh. Is that the best like festival, individual festival, or best, uh, or best experience? You've I had? Th- yeah. I was thinking about this question, and I think 
generally looking for, you know, looking back on every festival I've been to, it's always the first time I Abs- go to I absolutely. go to a festival is my favourite time. It's at a new festival. experience, isn't it? That's what makes it so different. Like, my first ever festival ever was Downloads two thousand six, which I was at that one. Which yeah, it was amazing. You know, first time I saw Metallica, you know, I was you know a teenager with my mates getting drunk, you know, away from home, mm-hmm. and staying in tents or whatever, and just watching the best, you know, all these bands I've never seen before. Because you know, they, they never came to town. Obviously, you know, Guns N' Roses don't turn up every now and again. And, <laughs> no, they do not. And yeah, it was. Some ama- might say they didn't turn up that weekend either. Oh, that's true. It, it was a bit shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I thought that was incredible. Yeah, you know, every download I've been to since has had you know very good moments um, but just, there was just something about the first time being at, at Donington and everything else just being quite a, you know, a changing experience but then a, again my first time at Sonosphere I thought was amazing I was 2011 when the Big Four played and you, know, you couldn't fuck with that as no, a festival that year no, that, that was, was pretty ridiculous. spectacular yeah I, I downloaded 2006 definitely one of my favourite experiences that was my first well my first festival but it was my first download uh, amazing weather I think the best download I've been to end to end is probably 2009 which one was that that was Faith No More Def Leppard and Slipknot oh, I went for the and Slipknot then you had there, Prodigy yeah. and Motley Crue on the second stage as well and you had Limp Biscuit playing that year I can't even remember there were so many great bands um, that was that was amazing uh, my first ever festival that I went to kind of as I, I went to Glastonbury and stuff when I was a bit younger and that was that was amazing I'm still going that quite well, actually um, but um, first time I went to Reading was great. Mm. 2003, amazing experience. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, one of the one of the most unique ones I've, I've been to is probably a lot of people wouldn't talk about in the UK. Is one called Roskilde in in Denmark, and it's basically like if you like the idea of doing Glastonbury as a kind of experience, immersive, uh, kind of arty, interesting festival, but you don't want to put up with all the kind of. Uh, a tedious flower hat wearing <laughs> people and just call them wankers man and hipsters <laughs> and all those types of which there are some at Glastonbury as well as many other people um, and you want metal bands playing as well Roskilde is quite incredible I went there about three or four no maybe five years ago now um, and in one year uh, one weekend I got to see Slipknot Metallica Goat Whore Chasing mm. Status and Rihanna <laughs> it was enough. wicked so yeah, if you wanted to try something different, uh, Rock, Rock, Rock um, Ross Kilder. Ross Kilder, sorry, is pretty good. I so I got mixed up because I'm going to talk about Rock Kilder later. I think the most, <laughs> the most unique festival experience I ever had was probably going to Iceland for the first time, mm. which is on the east coast of uh, Iceland. Uh, so you kind of fly into Reykjavik. The best way to do it is to is to basically drive across. It's a, I mean, it would be eight hours if you didn't stop uh, to see like the most amazing shit you've ever seen in your entire life, like glaciers and um, huge waterfalls and just so many different um, landscapes and just the scale of it that will just basically alter your brain chemistry um, <laughs> the way. So it'll take you about like 10 to 12 hours like driving across uh, from Reykjavik. Uh, you can take the southern route which is probably the more picturesque. The northern route will take you past Dimmuborgen though, the, the gate to hell. So you get to this small place called, this took me a year to learn how to pronounce it, Neskipstather and um, the only way through into this, in this place like through a little keyhole tunnel in the mountain mm. and you drive up and up and you go this little tunnel you come out to this huge big valley underneath and it's like fuck and so there's this, this place called Nets, 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 I've lost forgotten how to pronounce yeah. Neskipstather and so it just feels like it's the edge of the world it's on a fjord on the coast it feels like nothing else exists because it's kind of like ringed by mountains 
And also, it's a 24-hour daylight, which really messes with your brain completely. Mm. Um, and then you, you get outside. The, the old venue used to be really tiny. It's a place called Eggles Bluth. And oh, when the Icelanders get drunk, they're really surreal drunk. <laughs> it used to be the, and just nothing really makes sense, but you just go along with it. So there's, there used to be green outside the old venue, and there'd be like all these um, like proper meltheads and like you know with the pendants and the, and the you know pets of, of classic metal bands and everything. Sit with a boombox outside on the green outside. I don't think they ever went in. Just playing eighties pop on a boombox, and it's like nothing makes sense, but it's great. <laughs> and um, and there'd be these weird bands that you, you probably only see in Iceland, like Hum, and you get like one or two like humongous bands like Carcass, Carcass played there. You know, Solstafir would always play there. And seeing Solstafir play in Iceland was a genuinely spiritual experience. Mm. Um, you know. At like two in the morning, and it's all light, all lightish. And I, think I really, really, of all the festivals, um, well, I was going to say, of all the festivals I'm yet to go to, which is about 10 million, uh, Ice Flug is really one of the ones I'd love to go yeah. to. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, under, it's under new management now, so. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. I think the moral of the story is there's just, <laughs> like, we're spoiled for festivals. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to be able to get to one in any year, you. You know, hmm. you have no no excuse not to get to one if you're able to make it happen because it's it's something for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, there's also um, lots of little micro festivals in like weird places like up in mountains where you do kind of rituals and things. <laughs> uh, there's one, there's one in California, in like, in like the forests of California. There's one, I think, in Austria. Um, so I, I really want to try some of these new yeah. festivals like festival mountains, festivals on boats. Shout out 70,000 tons of metal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did that one, yeah, and it's genuine. Oh, you amazing. did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you forgot you did that. Yeah, festivals on boats, festivals in volcanoes, I think. Just crazy shit going on. Um, <laughs> Cole Gable asks, if you gained the ability to play any instrument overnight and were then given the opportunity to play in any band you liked for one tour, what would you choose? Bez. Does <laughs> <laughs> he play an instrument? Maracas. Maracas. Yeah. He just stands at the back going, <laughs> No, I don't know. I, I quite like this question. But Shout I, out Happy Mondays. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like this question, but I just couldn't think of an answer that I, that I don't know really. If I could be, I mean, if I could be anyone, I'd probably just go straight for the obvious answer and just go to James Hetfield because, like, just being slamming out, creeping yeah. death, and then getting to drop all the famous Hetfield lines while people just. Lap up every word. Yeah, that yeah. is just, that is as good as heavy metal gets, surely. I'd love to be in Ramstein. That'd be amazing. Yeah, just like have a little be the part keyboardist. What's his name? Flarker. Flarker, just like hanging out, playing the keyboards while you're on an escalator or something. But, but he, he's, isn't he the one who always just like plays the victim? And yeah, he gets, he gets, he gets dark killed. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your job? Oh, I was getting murdered. <laughs> I think I think all the bands I've always Poor wished Flarker. I was part of were the one or ones that almost like collectives. So the ones I would kind of wish I was like I want to experience what you experience, like of, of being into some you know, like like say Vardruna for instance. I must imagine like being being in Vardruna and this whole world that you're creating and you're in the middle of it uh, would be just to me that sounds like amazing. It's like hitting a resonance and just being part of that whole thing and something greater than some of its parts. Yeah, something like Vardruna would be if I could like drum and like they have a drummer that plays like three rhythms at once. And just like, how do you do that? Mm. But just be, but being lost in that moment and that great and of that greater whole, those are always like swans or something. That's that's mm. the kind of band I would love to be part of. I'd quite like to be in Sun. 
Just know you're, <laughs> just know you're fucking people. <laughs> it's like whatever you do on that guitar, just causing damage. And you just have to play one riff anyway. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind being either. If we're allowed to go back in time, either Tommy Lee or Joey Jordison, so I can just try and drum on the roller coaster or the the drum machine, like a flippy thing. You've been on the drum machine, Merlin. I I fucking know I have. <laughs> I actually forgot about that. That was like uh, me just setting up a segue. Uh, yeah, no, I did. I got I, I I did once in my first month at Hammer. I got packed off to um, do a Motley Crew feature, and I did actually end up strapped to Tommy Lee's drum roller coaster in front of t- ten thousand people in Nottingham Arena. Um, but I wasn't playing the thing, so oh, okay. I'm back and play. And, now, and it was scary as fuck, by the way. I was upside <laughs> down. Uh, actually, I had to sign a waiver to say it wasn't their fault if I died. Uh, yeah, it was really scary. But it was actually amazing because, you know, I can see on my shoulder and Tommy Lee's there slamming the uh, slamming the kit, like, obviously against gravity. So he's having to pound extra hard. Like, really cool. I'd That's love a, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting yeah. first month, yeah, yeah. But I, I meant that I would like to. I was thinking more of the Joey thing where he spins around and does that weird thing in my body. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to give that a go. For real. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Joey. If you're listening, Joey. You never know. Uh, Matthew Block asks how, how do we get the rock genre more represented in the media, like, such as the Grammys, for instance? Well, uh, that's kind of on the. You know, we can't really make the Grammys. You know, <laughs> yeah. But I, could, but I could go stand outside Grammy's HQ with a new issue and go put these bands in your fucking award you cunts Ghost won a Grammy they did very good point but you know in well, Sp- it's all setting up today isn't it? On, you know in Scandinavia and on the continent like rock bands do win Grammys or the versions of the Grammys Watain won a Grammy um, there's a bar in um, Bergen where like all the metal bands who um, who, who won the, the Norwegian version of the Grammys they um, they donate their um, awards and they become door handles or toilet handles or or like pumps for the that's yeah. amazing <laughs> so uh, it, so it, it seems to be a very US American thing that um, that rock has kind of become more and more of an afterthought mm. more so than in Scandinavia or, or, or the greater European mm. mass I think there's, I think we keep mentioning this like you know for the past few years there's been a resurgence in you know in rock and metal and stuff like that and you know, bands are playing bigger and bigger venues than they have before I think there's got to be some sort of field of dreams type mentality where you know if you build it they will come like, but it's got to get to a point where if we keep making as much noise as we can and the rock bands just are getting bigger naturally you know the mainstream will have to pay attention mm. it's, 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 if it's, no one can see you do the quotation no no air quotes just say yeah, yeah. <laughs> mainstream in quotes just did the quotation yeah, marks at the microphone <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> So yeah, it, it, you can't ignore things that just that just happen naturally. I don't think there's any way of no. force. I don't think any way of forcing it. I don't think there's any point in saying, "Oh, why aren't you paying attention to metal?" It's like, well, for a lot of time, we don't want you to pay attention. It's only recently there's been a sort of mentality where we feel downtrodden by the mainstream. I think the problem is is that when we are represented, we're we're mugged off quite a lot. Yeah, I think the best. Yeah, yeah. You know, you look at you look at the Grammys. Okay, Ghost winning a Grammy was great. Code, uh, Macedon winning a Grammy was brilliant arguably Code Orange getting nominated in the first place is even cooler um, but then uh, as well as that you've got stuff like Dave Mustaine finally getting to pick a, a Grammy after Megadeth was somehow ignored for 20 years yeah, and they, yeah. play, uh, they play Metallica down to the ring uh, down to the ring the ring Rest, sorry wow wrestling fan exposed there 
<laughs> to the stage. They played a Metallica song when Dave Mustaine walked to the stage. Um, and then, you know, speaking of Metallica, they have Metallica and Lady Gaga, and they totally bollocks that up, and you just yeah. can't imagine them having that happen with Beyonce or something, you know no, what I mean? Um, yeah, the, things like... The mainstream, in general, has a long history of misrepresenting metal, and I think I'd like to see it treated better, but like Luke said, we just got to keep doing what we're doing and, you know, supporting younger bands, putting them on magazine covers, putting them on tours um, and, you know, just supporting your scene at a grassroots level and then making some noise when it when it comes out of that. Yeah, I think sort of part of the problem is that metal, everyone knows that there's something committal about metal and and I think like we have a very non-committal culture these days in the sense that um, everything you can kind of pick and choose and I think with metal, you People understand that you need to dedicate yourself a bit more to it, mm. and um, you know you're not going to have like bookers and agents um, just ha- having that much attention span. It must takes a lot more attention span than our culture seems to allow for these days. I think, mm. and so so the more and more you you put metal into an arena like this, the more and more out of place it kind of seems to be, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, it seems to become this kind of alien thing that people don't really understand how it works or what it is. And, you know, because it just seems like our culture becomes more diffuse over time. And metal just seems a bit further away from that because there's something kind of quite solid and enduring about metal that doesn't, um, that's not quite the same way that pop music works. Mm. Absolutely. And I'll tell you how you can support metal and push it to the mainstream. Go pick up the new issue of Metal Hammer. Um, nice. it is out now uh, that is the end of this week's podcast uh, so yeah do go and pick up the new issue world exclusive interview with Ghost on the cover in all good news agents right now um, and of course we do have those special edition bundles which you can get on in order right as we speak but don't mess around I promise you they will go uh, I'm going to Rockfield lads this weekend <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah I'm going to Rockfield it's going to be wicked uh, Florida's biggest the most badass music rock and roll metal festival uh, in Jacksonville the home of Limp Biscuit. I'm going to get you you see if I don't get into a taxi and ask him to take me to the Matthews Bridge you, it's going to happen if you it's don't get happen. a picture of you just pointing at a sign that says Jacksonville I will or, uh, Matthews Bridge I will I, I will point out the birthplace of death metal too yeah, well, you know. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. get our priorities in. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew's Bridge, death now. There's a, there's a higher yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out John Otto. Uh, yes, very excited to be there. It's good. Uh, food, um, food Fighters, Ozzy Osbourne and Avengers Semifinal are headlining. Uh, the likes of Five Finger Death Punch there, Hailstorm, Power Trip, The Fever, Turnstile, Trivium, Parkway Drive. It's going to be a great weekend. I'll be reviewing it on next week's show. Very excited to be out there. Uh, I'm staying, what are you guys up to? Well, I'm staying in London, <laughs> not as exciting. But I am seeing Cancer Bats tonight perform Hail Destroyer in full, which is going to be a right sweaty laugh. Excellent. Yeah, they, they're, they're on a run of it. They? Yeah, they're four, four, four nights of the Underworld. Four yeah. nights all doing Hail Destroyer. Yeah, which Damn. is a 500 capacity venue in London. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be wicked. And then tomorrow, I'm off to see Converge for the third time in the space of a week. You love because it. I fucking love them. Uh, supported by Crowbar, Grave Pleasures and Val. Absolutely. Because it hates my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to rate and subscribe the podcast on iTunes or Acast. It helps us in the rankings. Uh, we're still hovering around the top 10 of the music podcasts on uh, metal, um, iTunes, sorry, which is great. All thanks to you guys. We really appreciate the support. Uh, we were much more from us next week Elle's back as well she's been skyping yeah, um, she, she's been on holiday she's fair enough I guess 
Uh, she'll be back next week for all the latest and greatest metal news and reviews and just bullshit from us lot. So. <laughs> yeah, come back for more bullshit. Come back for more. See you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Hail Satan. <laughs>